0: So as a female dominant, I am not riddled in black leather. I do not play in dark dungeons. And I do not, like, tie men up in these inconspicuous ways.
1: Okay, did you say girlfriend?
0: Yes, yes, I did.
1: As in, like, romantic?
0: Yes, my lover, yes.
1: Ooh. Now, had you always (laughs) been bisexual?
0: When I looked over and saw how he was... How he was interacting with her, how he was having sex with her, it hit me so hard. If I enjoy it with one, I'm thinking I might enjoy it with many.
1: So we are talking about like um, a gangbang with black Mm -hmm. men. That's your fantasy. Yes. Woman, how? why haven't you made that happen? (laughs) Honey, you get back on the bed and you have sex with her. Do not... Hold her duet. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. So, let's get to it.
0: The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well
1: We're talking to a femdom today, but first, a shout out to some of my members on buymeacoffee.com slash Lena Nick, who posted, love your podcast, truly unique and entertaining and so hot. Also, Mark Joseph said, best podcast for all of us normal adults out here, in quotation marks, by the way, to realize how much fun we can have. And Jim said, I fully support positivity with sexuality and lifestyle choices. Thanks for your work. And thank you, Jim, and all my other members. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Lena Wynn to see what extra goodies members get. In addition, of course, to my undying love for supporting me and keeping this conversation going. My guest today is a woman who, at 49, is probably in better shape, well, than most everyone I know, but better shape than most 30-year-olds, physically. Now, if we're talking mentally, emotionally, psychologically. I think it's Mm -hmm. fair to say this woman has been put through the ringer and she's (laughs) not on top. Is that fair to say? that is fair to say. <laughs> well welcome to the show. Thank you it really has an amazing story and she actually tells that story. The day of recording here this book has only come out just two days ago so I'm excited to let people know about this. The book is called The Making of a Woman. I would need at least a five hour show to even talk about half the stuff that you cover in this book and, and in your story. But for the sake of this episode, I want to talk about the fact that you're in the lifestyle. And I want our listeners to know that there will be another episode where we're talking about the other stuff that affects everyone, mm-hmm. you know, emotional, physical health, fitness, just everything that you've been through, because I, I think it's a great story. So, Jules, down there in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> um, I asked you, I said, so are you in an open marriage? And you're like, well, no, it's an open-minded marriage. What's the difference?
0: When I think of the word, like when I hear that word, I'm in an open marriage, for me, it equates that you're that the couple, you know, the individuals can go out and enjoy others on their own. And that is not something that my husband and I wanted to do. We're both on our second marriage. And so we are exploring this together, literally together, like almost like I have my best friend along with me and we get to compare notes and that's where our excitement is.
1: Okay. So you're swingers.
0: Open minded.
1: <laughs> okay. You know,
0: Let me start with something here is that my entire life I was shoved into the boxes. I was a dropout. I, you know, fill in the blank. And I always struggled with boxes because I feel boxes, they help others categorize. I get that. But it also limits me as a person. And I think that's another reason why we go with more of like an open-minded marriage is because I don't fit into one category. And also... I don't like the stereotype of the word swingers. So I don't know if I'm being fussy or if I'm changing things up a bit.
1: Girl, you be you. You be you. Uh, No, I get it because I've had a lot of conversations lately where like, the labels kind of concern people because it's, well, like, sometimes I might do a little bit of that, but it's not exactly that. So should I really be calling myself that, right? So, okay, let's talk about this. Now, it's kind of hard to talk about your story without talking about all the stuff, the trauma that you've been through and everything. But let's let's try to focus on, first of all, you and your husband, both on your second marriage. Was sex yes. good? I mean, why did you open it up to something more than the traditional monogamous marriage?
0: Now, living in Dallas, Texas, I have to tell you, there's a huge box <laughs> of expectations of what married couples supposed to be like. And I think both my husband and I had come from areas where we were we were done with that. It just, it wasn't working. And so when we actually got together that first day over coffee, I had no intentions of showing, you know, like this fake facade of who I was. I told him my interest. I told him of my relationship with my girlfriend. I told him I am very independent. So we actually started the relationship on this sexual journey.
1: Oh, so Uh, it wasn't that we
0: evolved.
1: Okay. Did you say girlfriend?
0: Yes. Yes, I did.
1: As in like romantic?
0: Yes. My lover. Yes.
1: Ooh. Now, (laughs) had you always been bisexual or at what point in your life did you discover this?
0: Yes. I always have been bisexual. So again, it's part of me, you know, it's kind of like, this is what I like for dinner. These are the people I choose to hang out with. And this happens to be the people I love. (laughs) It's just as simple as that. All right. And
1: I'm sure he was very receptive to all this, right?
0: (laughs) He had ideas. Yeah. (laughs) We cleared those up right away.
1: Okay. Very nice. Now, did he have any prior experience in the lifestyle?
0: No, he traveled a lot for his career in the first marriage and so he was familiar with the open-mindedness of say Amsterdam but he oh. had never actually, you know, been in the shoes he was when he first when we first got together. He was kind of like a kid in a candy store.
1: Well, hello. <laughs> okay, <laughs> clearly you had a lot of conversations, right? I mean mm-hmm. cuz he really wasn't that familiar. So yes. I'm curious to know, are these conversations kind of like the ones where we're, where we're having right now where, you know, it's, it's playful, but it's a real conversation. Where mm-hmm. are we talking about like pillow talk, like talk dirty to me kind of conversation?
0: A bit of both.
1: <laughs> um, it actually, I think
0: just telling him who I was and what I enjoy and the things I've done and the circles I, I'm within. I think that in itself was like, oh my God, I I need to learn more. And I would love to experience this and that. And it seriously was a partnership.
1: Mm -hmm, Very nice. Now, as with even people who've been in the lifestyle a long time, one thing that has to come up, one conversation that has to be had is the conversation about jealousy. That is a dreaded feeling, I have to tell you. (laughs) No, but do do you find yourself still feeling
0: it? You know, when, let me back up, because again, remember the, you know, before meeting my husband, I was super independent. There was just no room and I made my decisions. And so ultimately I was never put in a position where I would be uncomfortable like that. And so when that hit me like a ton of bricks, by the way, I was like appalled that I could not hold myself together emotionally, like inside. Why did that disturb me so bad? And so then, of course, you know, we sat down. I think this is one of the awesome things about this lifestyle is that you go through a scenario like that. You either have the choice of not talking about it again, completely running from the whole scenario, or sitting down and walking through that fear of vulnerability. The last thing I want to do is sit down with a man who adores me and say, I felt really insecure.
1: (laughs) Because we see it as a sign of weakness, right?
0: We do. We do. And so what actually happened with us is we talked about it. I kind of chewed on it, kind of, you know, worked through it.
1: Wait, you got to tell me what happened, though.
0: It was our first our first little endeavor. It was actually New Year's Eve as well. So it was like a great celebration. And we had actually invited a couple over to our flat. And and keep in mind, I'm 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 sexually liberated, so I'm not expecting this at all. And so uh, things get heated up. We go ahead and we you know swap partners. And I kid you not, when I looked over and saw how he was how he was interacting with her, how he was having sex with her, it hit me so hard. Where I was like, hold
1: on, hold on, I need to have him back. I need to have him back. It. Uh, Let's hold. On. Let me ask you a question. Then, had you before this watched a partner have sex with someone else?
0: I have, but not anybody that I had my heartstrings involved oh,
1: with. Mm, mm-hmm. Huge difference. Okay, right? There's different
0: tiers of of connection, different tiers of love. Right? right. So I can have sex with people that aren't nearly as connected as my husband and I are and be just fine with it, seeing them with somebody else in the future. But this was a
1: whole new experience. I had no idea that that
0: this thing even existed within me.
1: <laughs> okay. You've got to try to explain this feeling to me. Now, I know it sounds very strange, but I am the same way where I'm very independent. I'm very confident. And I've never, and I know sometimes, like for people who don't understand it, it sounds strange awful it sounds arrogant but like i've never been jealous i'm i'm never no. afraid of losing my partner to anyone else i don't have those insecurities mm-hmm. but i have girlfriends who've gone through that green monster stuff mm. and they explained it to me is like this burning sensation. Like you feel like you're just, can you try to describe this feeling to me?
0: Oh God. And you just become weak, weak. And then you hear that pounding of your heart, like (laughs) something's wrong. (laughs) Something's wrong. And it's like this fight or flight, at least for me, it was, it was just like, Oh, my God. You know, I think also, like you just said, you know, there's not a lot of times you experience that. And I think that for me, the way I've worked through some of my jealousy or that green monster is that the confidence that I uh, built around that by having the discussion with my husband, talking openly like you and I are right now, talking with the girl who made me jealous. I mean, like, girl, I hit this at all angles because I didn't ever want to experience that again.
1: Nice. And then, so you found that talking through it, actually having to face it right. Like head on helped. Mm -hmm. Cause really for me,
0: if I start to feel jealous, I'm feeling a sense of inferiority. So something is not in balance because I'm not inferior. So I need to sit down and figure out like in more, more times than not, I have learned it's some, I'm being triggered. What in my past gave me this scenario to react this way? Actually, what was super cool is that my husband had a similar situation. And so when he sat down, I think I kind of opened the the gates to be able to have this conversation. When he sat down and told me about that, he, he, it was kind of like he clenched, like if there was like, like that gut feeling, you know, like that clenching, like a knife in your gut. And so he did that and you know, men have different ways of explaining emotions. And so that was his explanation. And when he told me that he experienced that, oh my God, I didn't even know men could have that feeling. It was profound. And so now that's our symbol. Like if either of us get that, you know, that gut wrenching feeling, we're out because I know exactly what it feels like. And so does he. Uh-huh. So that was really awesome.
1: I've heard some couples say that jealousy pops up in like the strangest situations where you'd think that watching your husband having sex with someone else would make you jealous, but then it turns out that oh my gosh, you know, she saw him hold her hand. She saw him oh. look at her a certain way and that's what made them jealous. So do you find yes. that that happens? I had
0: that incident. The, is, that is so true. It is not the big things. Huh. It was in a, a situation where the wife and my husband stepped up to get something to drink. We are still in the same room. But I turned and I looked and he had his arms. He was standing behind her and had his arms wrapped around her, around her tummy area. How
1: and I was like,
0: me. you cannot do that. He's like, I oh. am so lost.
1: <laughs> Honey, you get back on the bed and you have sex with her. Do not... <laughs> Hold her do way. that way. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: makes no sense. But yes.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the more I hear it, actually, the more it makes sense because it's yeah. the intimacy, it's not the physical act, right? Mm-mm. It's like, yeah, okay, fine, you can go and screw her, whatever. But yep. it's that intimacy. It's the it's the little hand behind the small of her back. How dare you do Ooh. that? <laughs> right? right. Totally. Okay. All right. We're getting somewhere. Now. <laughs> What we haven't really gotten into yet is the fact that you're a dominatrix. For lack of a better word, again, um, there,
0: yeah, uh, you know, there's, that's kind of like a a blanket approach, I think. And I think sometimes it's, it's comforting for people just to grab that word, because again, they can throw it in a box and judge it and make it a stereotype. And actually, I'm a femdom. And what that is, is a female dominant. So as a female dominant, I am not riddled in black leather. I do not play in dark dungeons and I do not like tie men up in these inconspicuous ways. Mine is, I would say 80% in the mind. I'm very much an authoritarian, you know, for instance, I will instruct gentlemen to do certain things and L- wait, I hold play on. with their mind. Hold
1: on. Like- <laughs> Like what?
0: (sighs) Okay. So one thing that I find more interesting than ever and how common it is, is even also a little startling. But for instance, I may instruct a gentleman to put on a pair of panties.
1: Speaking of panties, did you know that adamandeve.com sells lingerie? Yeah, like sexy stuff, naughty stuff, bondage stuff. Of course, they're the leader in adult toys, so they've got all kinds of stuff for men, women, and couples. And right now, as a Consenting Adults listener, you get a special deal with the code word LENA. You'll get 50% off just about any single item on their website, and they'll throw on a bunch of freebies. Something sexy for him, a special gift for her, something you both enjoy. Also, six free spicy movies and free shipping. Again, that's on adamandeve.com with the code word LENA at checkout for 50% off just about any item they sell on their website. And you get all the freebies just in time for the sexiest holiday of the year. So trick or treat or both.
0: Now... There are different mindsets for the men who enjoy this kind of humiliation. Some are truly cross-dressing is a thrill. Then there are the other ones that, oh my God, this is completely humiliating. And they love it. They love it. Love it. I have found that in... The difference between the masculine and the feminine, for instance, within our society, the masculine, the men in our lives, they're expected to provide. They are very pride-based. They're like the king of the kingdom. And as women, we can be the ones that kind of hold it all together. We're the ones who nurture these beautiful children. We're the (laughs) ones that teach, you know, this where, so it's almost like we're the, the finesse and they're the more masculine. So to be able to put this gentleman in that degree of humiliation is something he has never experienced.
1: And when he and does, so, he likes
0: it? He likes it. Yes, he likes it.
1: And are we talking about men who in their vanilla lives are strong, successful, maybe described as alpha men, you know, like to the public eye? Are Primarily. those the men, right? Those are the men who... Yes.
0: Oh. Yep. Yeah. Very Primarily, they are because again, let's think. Let's face it. I mean, our men are expected to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, they, at least here in Texas, right? Again, I live in a very traditional state where you know these uh, these uh, relationships and characteristics are very strongly ingrained. It,
1: it's a lot of fun. So, like right now, I'm imagining like like the Marlboro man wearing lace panties. <laughs>
0: Hot <laughs> or or that corporate finance guy? Watch out for
1: them. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. But does this go outside of just you and your marriage? This this femdom thing. Like, do you practice it with other men?
0: Actually, it is not part of my marriage at all.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: no, no. And so, backing up a little bit, before I met my husband, this was my career. I had taken it from a lifestyle uh, of just playing within, you know, the community here, and then I took it into a professional realm because I realized that I was providing a service that many men were, were did not have access to.
1: The more I talk to you, the more stuff just keeps on coming out. Yeah. Wow. So then, you know about Findom, right?
0: Yes, I and do. So you've
1: heard of findom. So I yes. recently recently heard about this. I didn't know it was a thing. For our listeners who are not familiar with this, can you explain what findom is? So it's not femdom, it's F I N D O M. What is that?
0: Findom. So the fin portion of that says um it's the financial. So a financial dominant, right? It is typically a uh, female um, who is financially dominating this gentleman? It's another form of humiliation.
1: Now, demand it's, money.
0: Demand money. This is not my niche. I don't. I wouldn't even. I mean, again, it's not my niche. It's not. It's not something I understand totally. But I've had girlfriends who love it. Totally love it. Well, what's
1: What's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. True. From what I'm hearing, it is sometimes as simple as. Hey, send me money. And he actually gets off on sending, you know, strange women money. Sometimes he gets something for it and but a lot of times he doesn't get anything in return. There's no sex involved.
0: Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. you know,
1: sometimes there may be an exchange of photos uh, or video or whatever, but sometimes mm-hmm. there isn't. And it is so I love the human brain because most people would hear that and say, "What? That's idiotic." Right? And not understand that there are people who are sexually turned on by that, sexually Mm -hmm. turned on by having to send a woman money, having to pay her bills. I mean, it sounds really (laughs) ridiculous to people who don't get it.
0: Different people have different relationships with things. Like So as I was describing, men and their power, they have that relationship with power. We have a different relationship with power, right? So they have a different relationship with money. I have a different la- relationship with money. That's what it is. It's the power exchange between the two.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. As you grow older, do you find that that just the physicality of having sex is different? Are you enjoying it more? Are you having to work more? How has it changed? I think as I've evolved, I have peeled back a lot
0: of the, the barriers in my mind. I think just energetically, I'm, I'm more comfortable of in my skin. And I've always been a very sexual person. Like I have a lot of sexual energy. I have a lot of love. So what I have found is that as I get older or as, you know, I continue on is that it becomes less of a checklist and more of an experience you know, before it was like, okay, of course, hypothetically in the back of your mind, it's like, all right, we're going to have sex and this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is <laughs> got, He's got to come and I've got to come here. And so, right. I've got like the checklist that's like kind of rattling off in the back of my head. And, and now it seems to be like, we're just going to go into this space again, because of those restrictions, they're no longer there. More things open up while I'm in that space.
1: Looking into the future. And I know that especially since we're just talking now about no expectations and no checklist, but do you have fantasies you haven't fulfilled yet?
0: Uh, I actually, I do. I'm still very human. Um, let's hear it. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. You want me to tell you my fantasy? Um, okay, let me soften this up. (laughs) Um, I've always enjoyed the company of black men. And there's just something about them, that vibe that I really, really enjoy. And so if I enjoy it with one, I'm thinking I might enjoy it with many.
1: So we are talking about like um, a gangbang with black Mm -hmm. men. That's your fantasy. Yes. Woman, how, why haven't you made that happen? Like it's because the- cause that's pretty
0: scary. <laughs> I'm just not there yet. <laughs> okay,
1: all right. So that's a lot to prepare for. See, but now you have a goal. Now you've got a goal. We're setting well, goals. Well,
0: now I've really put it out to the universe. So watch out. The weekend's right around the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's Jules. Find out more about her and her book at themakingofawoman.com and be on the lookout for another episode with Jules where we talk about health and fitness, aging in a way that feels better and of course that includes having better sex. Okay, next time on Consenting Adults. Remember Lycus 101? Tom Lycus talk radio host turns popular podcaster the professor himself talks candidly about his views on marriage and monogamy and his personal life including a threesome gone wrong. They took me upstairs, and we suddenly were all three of us in bed together. Mm. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it was a great experience. Until... That's next time on Consenting Adults.